this episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast with Time 100 most influential person in human history, Desmond Mead, is brought to you by <laughs> all of human history. All of human history, uh, before and after the year 2018. DM, but mostly when people say slide in our DMs, that's because of Desmond Mead. Yeah. Uh, send us a DM. That's send us a DM. It's send short, us a Desmond Mead. Yep. Send us a Desmond Mead because the world needs more of him. Yeah. This episode. Dads and moms, Desmond Mead, because mm-hmm. because Desmond Mead created us all. Dave and Marty's. Dave. That's a cheap Dave and Buster's. That's what that's what they have in suburban areas. Dave and Marty's. Dave and Marty's. Now made that up. What happened to Buster? He died. <laughs> Marty killed him. Right. Marty wanted to that business. Uh, Buster from Dave and Buster's did not. Make Time 100 most influential people of the year. Absolutely didn't. It's really all Dave's operation. Desmond Mead certainly did, though. And this episode that we're about to do with him is brought to you by Royal Thai Garden of a Beach. Royal Thai Garden, the freshest, dopest Thai food in the entire galaxy. Also the most influential Thai restaurant. The the most influential Thai restaurant in human history? Yeah. And the most influential Laotian restaurant at the same time. If you mention the Blue Hawaii podcast... Don't don't think too hard about it. You will get 20% off your your entire entire order. order. All of it. Which will be the most influential order in human history? Yeah, not a hundred, not a time one hundred percent off though. Unfortunately, no, no, no. That's if Desmond Mead goes in yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, Desmond. That zip pack is coming soon. <laughs> We're getting it to him, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Let's do a drop. Yeah. We often hear holiday meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced, a foreign origin, or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu, Ahui Ho. Haole. Haole is a perfectly good word. Welcome to Blue White Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And we have big a news. bit of a big news thing yes. to say. It's confirmed following up on the heels of our exciting, dramatic, widely beloved debate. One number one recap with at Hawaii Delilah, your fan favorite. We're doing another one, y'all. It's confirmed Marianne Williamson will be in the second Democratic no. primary debate in late July. I'm going to have to grade she her. Has made the, she's made the threshold. Our Queen Marianne. This is how you end up with Donald Trump as president. And except, I will meet you on that field, right? <laughs> I will meet you on that field. Love would, will win. Would I? Do you think Marianne Williamson, God's honest truth, would Marianne Williamson be a better president than Donald Trump? Would she be a better president than Donald Trump? Yes. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Will she beat Donald Trump in an election? Probably not. I don't know why. What would what would not get her the victory? Uh, Democrats have like <laughs> I don't know like her general standards just, and morals and yeah. like. A bunch of Republicans can be assured to fall lockstep behind whatever sack of they garbage. They would literally yeah. vote for a popsicle stick face, yeah, instead of a Democrat, yeah. Oh, anyway, popsicle stick face. Roy Name Mo- my sex tape. <laughs> Roy Moore's Roy Moore's beloved childhood cartoon character <laughs> that he doodled while working at the Gadsden Mall. Um, also, another piece of news: uh, we, Josh and I, are going to be uh, taking our own summer vacation. So this will be our last episode. But we have something in common with Megan Rapino. What's that? We're not going to the fucking White House. That's true. <laughs> we are not. We have not been invited. USA. Uh, USA. So this will be our last episode for a little while. Uh, we anticipate being back before too long. Um, we're just going to Bef- before, basically before the 2026 World Cup. When the Angels win the pennant, you yeah. remember that from Angels in the Outfield. Uh, mom or was it I'm dad when are you and mom getting back together when the angels win the pennant son so they got back together in i believe 2002 <laughs> something like that well no the angels won the pennant in 96 no no i'm sorry i was thinking the indians that was from major league you mean, i'm, I'm you conflating mean the native Amer- you mean the native americans well in cleve the cleveland baseball team how about that um anyway listeners are you telling me are you telling me chief wahoo is not an actual tribal leader and that it's just an insanely racist mascot. Surely, know, surely you're not telling me this. Do you know what the this. name of the mascot is in Atlanta? Chief Nakahoma. Chief Nakahoma. So, folks, enjoy this episode. We'll be back in a little while. Until then, aloha oi. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll talk to you soon. Also, sorry, Delilah. Eric Swalwell announced today he's dropping out. Ah! Uh, but, but. Great news, everybody. Billionaire Tom Steyer is getting in. Desmond Mead, y'all. Listen to him. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.
Welcome back to the Blue Hawaii Podcast, everyone. Our guest this morning joining us live over the internet. We are absolutely honored and thrilled to welcome Mr. Desmond Mead, the Executive Director of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. As Chair of Floridians for a Fair Democracy, Mead led the successful effort to pass Amendment 4, a 2018 state initiative that restored voting rights to over 1.4 million Floridians who had prior felony convictions. And Time Magazine recently named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Mr. Mead, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. How's it, bros? <laughs> uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what you, what you didn't hear is off air. Uh, Mr. Mead was saying that he actually lived in Hawaii from uh, 1986 to 1991 as part of the aviation group of the Army. Uh, so yeah, don't mix those up. Yeah. So he yeah, was definitely don't mix that up. <laughs> yeah. So he was uh, he was yeah. telling us quite a few stories about uh, what Hawaii was like back in the the golden eighties, uh, and it sounded pretty kick ass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So we'd like to start uh, by sharing with our audience for those of you who may for the, our audience who may not have heard the story, some wonderful words about Desmond written by the amazing Stacey Abrams in his Time 100 blurb. That's Stacey Abrams of had the election for Georgia governor stolen from her fame. Oh, what? I thought it was another Stacey Abrams. How many <laughs> Stacey Abrams are there? No. Okay. Check the box and you lose the ability to secure a job, rent an apartment, or get a loan. The formerly incarcerated, returning citizens, often face a cruel irony in America. Having paid their debt to society, too many are banned from the ballot box that could help them dismantle policies that essentially extend their sentences. Desmond Mead decided to break this pattern for 1.4 million Floridians. Homeless and suicidal, with a felony record, Desmond fought to graduate with a law degree. When he learned he could not vote for his own wife, a candidate for the state legislature, he became president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition and led the charge to adopt a constitutional amendment to re-enfranchise Floridians with felonies. Amendment 4 needed 60% of the vote to pass in November 2018. It received 65%. It was the largest expansion of voting rights in a half century, and Desmond made it happen. So Desmond, if you if you wouldn't mind, I mean, Miss Abrams sort of uh, gave a a good summary of your history, but would you tell us a little bit about your story? I mean, give a little color to what what she yeah. wrote in Time. Yeah. So first of all, let me t- uh, let me thank you all for uh, having me on, on your show. Our pleasure. Uh, and and it, it's special. It's ex- uh, extra special uh, knowing that you all are in Hawaii and, and with me. I haven't lived there, so uh, there's a little connection there that I appreciate. But yeah, um, and then that that piece by Stacy was uh, very heartwarming. Uh, I definitely wasn't expecting it, and um, you know, I'm honored that she actually thought enough of me to nominate me and to write that glowing piece about me. Um, when I start my story, though, you know, I always start back in August of 2005. You know, I was living in South Florida, and uh, in one in one particular day in August, I was actually standing in front of railroad tracks, uh, waiting on a train to come so I could jump in front of it. Wow! You know, um, that day, I, you know, I, that I stood there, I was homeless, I was addicted to drugs, unemployed, recently released from prison, and I didn't, I didn't have any self-esteem, I didn't have any hope, mm-hmm. I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. You know, and mm-hmm. I was ready to end my life, and I stood there waiting for quite some time for a train to come. Um, But, you know, thankfully the train didn't come that day, and I crossed those tracks. And I walked a couple blocks further and checked myself into drug treatment. And after completing drug treatment, I um, moved into a homeless shelter. And while living there, I decided to go to school. And so I enrolled in a local community college and did extremely well there. And I was able to get... uh, couple of associate's degrees uh, and a bachelor's degree, and eventually I was accepted into law school. Wow, awesome. And in May of 2014, I graduated with a law degree. Where'd you go? From Florida, from Florida International University. FIU. College of law. FIU, yes. <laughs> that's the that so, Florida International, yeah. that's the, uh, oh man, I want to say the mascot, and it just dropped my, it escaped from me. What's the? Golden what's, Panthers. Golden Panthers, there we go. That's, that's. Florida FIU is part of the HBCU network, isn't it? Uh, no, no, it's not part of the HBCU I'm thinking network. of FAMU, aren't I? Yeah, it's FAMU is. Okay. But FIU, it, it, it is a state school. Okay. Um, and uh, we kick butt now, you know. I'm, right I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, like, 
the people that graduate from our law schools now, uh, we have the highest bar passes rate um, over the last several years. That's awesome. You know, but uh, which speaks to uh, uh, which leads to actually the fact that you know me being able to graduate law school, I still have not been able to sit for the Florida bar wow. because uh, Florida have the, uh, the the clemency policies, uh, which you know once a person in Florida is convicted of a felony offense. They lose their civil rights, including the right to vote for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then until I get my civil rights restored, I would not be able to apply to the Florida bar. Wow. Ugh. And so that, you know, it makes what we did in November um, uh, especially satisfying because at least now people have the ability to get the right to vote back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just the the fundamental under and and this the central point of a lot of this, uh, the fact that, you know, you pay your debt to society, but you're still you still have to carry this weight around that prevents you from becoming a full citizen. Uh, the doors the doors were closing to folks, even with you know even you're a testament to the power of education to turn someone's life around and investing in yourself to turn someone's life around. But if you can't if the if the government won't get its boot off your neck to like take that next step up, what yeah. hope is there? Yeah, and you know, and, and I have to put some on the people too as well because. You know, we uh, as a society have been indoctrinated to look at people who have committed felony offenses in a very negative way. Yep. And because of that, you have politicians uh, that are playing to this tough on crime mantra because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to feel safe in their community. Mm-hmm. And they look at uh, people who commit felony uh, offenses as the reason why the community is not safe. And so they're not as. Uh, uh, welcoming to changes that may appear to be soft on crime or soft on people who uh, who've committed felony offenses. And so, yeah, it's a challenge to really not only uh, get the government to get the foot off of our neck, but also to get the public to support them getting the foot yeah. off of our neck. Yeah, our fellow yeah. citizens, our fellow human beings deserve better. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, and then when you look at it, you know, in every other uh, uh, area of our lives, there is this thing as when the debt is paid, it's paid. You know, mm-hmm. no one is expecting to continue to get uh, bills after they pay their last mortgage installment or, or, or car note. You know, and even when you uh, owe a debt, you know, this uh, this country have laws that allow you to file for bankruptcy. You yeah. know, and after seven years, all of that is forgiven. You know. Uh, but yet, in the criminal justice world, you know, a person could have com- uh, committed a felony 30, 40 years ago, but yet we're forcing them to wear that scarlet letter of shame, and we uh, erect these collateral consequences that people face for a lifetime. Yep. So how long was it between the time that you graduated for law school and the time you started the Florida RRC? Well, so, th- 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 no, that's a great question. Um you know, when, when by the time I was in law school, I was already involved with the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, but it wasn't an organization at that time. It was just an email list um, uh, or a listserv of, of organizations throughout the country and throughout the state uh, that was focusing on felon disenfranchisement. Uh, it wasn't until um, 2011 that I decided to take the organization to a, a, a a different level yeah mm-hmm. and you know we i incorporated it and made it a real uh, uh 501c3 nonprofit uh organization that's recognized by the state of florida um and so ever since then uh the organization has transformed to being from being uh organization heavy to people heavy you know so uh, today, our organization is, is made up of people with felony convictions and family members who have people that have been negatively impacted by the criminal justice system. That's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing like people power. To your point. Yeah, people power is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's equally amazing that you guys got such an an enormous victory in eighteen after really only being around and and like you said in that more that next level iteration yeah for seven years i mean in seven years you guys went from like you said kind of a a listserv to 
uh, you know, yep. time 100 and restoring <laughs> the rights of one and a half million people to vote. I mean, that is not to mention phenomenal. Not to mention getting yeah, you, you, you packed a lot into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you packed a lot. I mean, when you talk, you talk about the victory. You know, I, I want to touch on that for a minute because it was an amazing victory for so many reasons. You know, and, and, and of course, the apparent reason um, is that. We reenfranchise uh, over 1.4 million people, um, and, and it's one of the largest expansions of, of, of voting rights that this country has seen. Yeah. Um, and 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 we've gotten rid of. More importantly, was that we struck down an old Jim Crow law. Yeah. You know, that has been in place for over 150 years. Uh, we was actually able to 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 destroy that law. But you know, there's another a uh, 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 reason why uh, the the victory was so important, and I, to me, you know, in, in, in a lot of cases, I think it's the most important reason, and that is how we won. You know, we, you know, in November we had over one point, or, or I'm sorry, over 5.1 million uh, um, voters that voted for Amendment Four, right, and and, and that was very significant because. It was over a million more people that voted for our amendment than for any other candidate that was on the ballot. Yeah, especially right? in such a you guys had that yeah. tight, contentious, like fifty fifty yeah. knockdown drag out governor's race. And still yeah, fifteen percent more race. folks voted for the amendment. Yep. Yep. And and so when we looked at it, you know, the the thing that jumped out to me more than anything was that, you know, those five point one million votes that we received um, there were votes that was, they weren't based on hate or, or based on votes that was based on love and forgiveness yeah. and redemption. Yeah. And, and, and at least on that night, the, the world, this country actually got to see love winning the day. And I think that that is so important because in this political climate that we're in, that we've been in uh, since, uh, for, I wanted to say since 2016, but we experienced it before that too, yeah. as well. But not, not just as, not to this degree. As, as a, yeah. as we doing now. It's a symptom, not but a cause. You know, in, yeah, yeah. In this political climate now, where there's so much division and and and, and hatred that's go, that's going around, you know, to be able to move a major policy issue in the fashion that we did uh, speaks volumes. Yeah. You and, know, and, and I think there's so much to learn from that. Because I do believe that no matter what our racial differences are, no matter what our political differences are, no matter what our economical uh, status is, that we have the ability to come together as a people, as, as human beings, and, and connect along some values that we all share yeah. and move major issues that would help our communities, our state, our country. Yeah, I mean, we can't even, at the federal level, we can't even agree to give needy children health insurance. And you guys got... You know why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have a very That's good... That's what happens when you let partisan politics lead your policy discussion. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. That's what happens. And we, we, we went above and beyond. We didn't have not one elected official endorse our campaign. We didn't want it. Yeah. You know, we said, listen, you guys have had more than enough time to get this right. Apparently, you guys cannot get it done. So we, the people, we, the citizens of Florida, is going to take matters in our own hands and make it happen. Do you think and that was some found, of the? Do you think that was some of the strength of the campaign? Was just the fact that oh, yeah. there was no party. Oh, you can yeah. you can go into you know the white panhandle and say, look, this isn't Democrat, this isn't Republican. Um, this is just this is just common us. sense. Yeah. Listen, a, a million people, over a million people that voted yes on Amendment Four also voted for the Republican government, yeah. yeah, right? And so we was able to run a campaign that, that transcended partisan politics, that transcended a racial divide, and was able to unite people along common shared values, awesome. right? And that's something that you don't see often. But what we do know is this. Whenever you see partisan bickering, the only casualties are people. That's yeah. right. The only casualties are the people. Because something as simple as, health care for children, something as simple as keeping families together, something as simple as treating people with dignity and respect, that should not be a political argument. Amen. 
you know? Amen. And, and that should be something that we all agree on. But because of the level of partisan politics that's involved with that, we're not able to get anything done on those fronts. Well, you've been, you know, led leading this uh, campaign for several years now. And what I'm wanting to hear, and I'm sure our listeners want to know, I mean, tell us some of the stories that you've heard about people's lives being changed or people's lives being affected um, by this campaign. (laughs) Let me tell you. So when we went and I tell people that uh, in January, uh, first week, second week of January, once again, we got to see love winning the day because so many folks was able to to go and register for the first time. Awesome. Uh, Or, you know, and, and, and one of the things you talk about the story, uh, I remember that day uh, when I got back to the office, uh, our, one of our people who were manning our, our hotline uh, told, me, told us about how they got a call from this guy that you know, called to thank us and said that the last time he voted, he voted for John F. Kennedy. Wow. Right? That was huge. Yeah. That was huge. Wow. You know, um, I can tell you that we had, a, we had some, some some people. Uh, one one guy in particular, uh, his name is Sam. He's in the Panhandle, um, and conservative guy, yeah. right? And he went to register. And when he went to register the vote, he took his son with him to register the vote too, as well. Sam lost the right to vote before he was even old enough to vote. Wow! Right? And so for the first time, he got to register, and he got to register with his son who just turned eighteen. That's beautiful. You know. So that was a beautiful story, you know. Uh, and then the ones that, you know, that really make me tear up, yeah. you know, um, really one of them happened on election night uh, when we found out we won. You know, uh, it was a gentleman, uh, I call him Mr. Charles. Um, uh, a while back, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the documentary Let My People Vote. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a documentary that's floating around. Uh, we won a couple of awards at uh, some film festivals. But in that documentary, uh, cameras that followed me around uh, in Hillsborough County, uh, and it was the 2016 election, uh, we were trying to get people who were registered to vote to come out to vote. And I remember knocking on the door, and in that house was several elderly gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And one of them, whose name was on the list as a registered voter, you know, we asked him if he would he consider going to vote. And he said he couldn't vote. And when he gave me the letter uh, to prove that he could vote, the letter actually proved the opposite, that he could vote. What? Wow. Um, and it was a letter notifying him that he was registered to vote. And so I convinced him. He, uh, he couldn't walk that well. So I convinced him to get in his car, and I walked alongside the car and escorted him to the uh, uh, polling location. Wow. Which was about maybe three blocks away from his house. And... Um, after getting him there, he had to wait for a few hours, um, but he went in, and then after a while, he came out and said they wouldn't let him vote. What? Um, and then when we when we looked further into uh, uh, the situation, what we found out was eight years prior, uh, and so that's back in 1998, uh, he was convicted of driving with a suspended license. And they revoked it. They revoked and his registration that, for that. Yeah, in Florida, you lose the right to vote for life. Wow. For driving with a suspended license. Jeez. Um, and, and 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 so when we found that out, it hit me hard. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. Uh, you see, because that polling location was located right across the street from a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Right. And I couldn't help but think that this man is going to die before he gets to vote again. Wow. And I remember that joy that he had in his eyes at his home when I told him that he could, in fact, vote. Man, he was ready to, he was so happy he wanted to go vote. And he, he, he got dressed and he got in the car to go vote only to find out he couldn't vote. And, you know, I felt bad because I made him get out of his house uh, to go vote. Yeah. And knowing that with Florida policies at that time, that he'll probably die before that. And so, on the night of the election, when we had our watch party, Mr. Charles was there. Wow. And when we won, I remember him hugging me and crying on my shoulders. Oh. I'm crying on his shoulders. Oh. And the only thing that he was saying was that, thank you, I can vote now. 
I could vote. Them. That's incredible. Huh. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's what this, you know, those are the kind of stories, man, that that keep me going. You know, it kept me going during the campaign. Yeah. Uh, even times when there was no money and there was no support and it was just me and my family and volunteers throughout the state, uh, we just kept pushing and, and fighting through because at the end of the day, partisan politics be damned. That Amen. it was about people. This was about people, you know, and and and, and so that was my fuel, man. Wow. <laughs> I didn't mean to be that heavy. No, no, no. no, no. It's, I mean, it's, it it really illustrates. It really illustrates a couple. Of, I mean, yeah. the the sheer power of the human story as well, and also at the, by that same point to to what we were talking about earlier, how is any community served, protected, made better, made whole? by preventing folks, you know, who drove with a suspended license from not being able to exercise their constitutional rights. Yeah, and yeah, it, and there was nothing. I mean, every everything about that kind of policy yeah. uh, really was against what people are generally for, yeah. you know? Um, and, and that helped us with our campaign because at the end of the day, it wasn't making our community safer. Uh, it wasn't contributing. It wasn't helping our economy. It wasn't contributing to the tax base, uh, lessening the burdens on everybody else. So it wasn't doing it, it wasn't doing anything positive for our community. You know, at, at the minimum, it was it was helping private prisons yep. uh, uh, make money. You know, or or people that do uh, uh, do business with prisons make money. But that was it. Nobody else was benefit. Well, the well, lobbyists, yeah, the lobbyists, the legislators, it all trickles down, right? And I, and I think that yeah. I think that you're hitting a very uh, important point um that all of this you know rights restoration is it follows a pattern of mass incarceration across the united states and mass incarceration is largely fueled by legislation written by private prisons who need more clients um in hawaii we have a massive uh, problem no pun intended with mass incarceration uh something you know some overwhelming majority of our citizens don't even who are imprisoned don't even stay in Hawaii. They get shipped to uh, Saguaro Correctional Facility in Eloy, Arizona, which is a private prison yeah. run by the cor- corporation. Was yeah. it the Corrections Corporation of America now called? Now called whatever. Uh, whatever Civic, they rebranded themselves. And Core Civic. Yeah. So and much as I'm sure you're familiar, you know, much in the same way, um, Native Americans are dramatically overrepresented on the mainland. Here, Native Hawaiians are are incredibly overrepresented and taking them. The you know, it's a big source of litigation and contention. Um, Taking, you know, ripping people away from their ancestral homeland, sending them to Arizona where they lose touch with their culture, lose touch with their connection, you know, their, their connections. With their family. family. Yeah. yeah. How, and, how yeah, is this supposed and, to... And, and, and studies show that when you uh, lose connection with your family, yeah. then you actually reduce the likelihood of success for reintegration. Sure. Yeah, and that's, that's the question. The fundamental question is, are we... Are we trying to be a rehabilitative, redemptive society or a punitive? Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, definitely. And what what is like what? It's not, and it's not just you know. Obviously, the moral question is primary, as in the moral thing to do is rehabilitation, redemption, restoration. But also practically, you know, to all your to to the points about growing the economy, building better communities. Six, yep. like it's 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 a it it's a win win. Like how how could you yeah, not um, unless you had addition you know other partisan reasons? And and, and and at the end of the day, this is what we do know is that ninety five percent of the people that are incarcerated will be returning back to their communities. And the question that we have to ask ourselves as a people is you know, how do we want that, that how do we want that to happen? I yeah. mean, do we want to erect obstacles that make it difficult for them to successfully reintegrate? and then create more harm in our community? Or do we want to remove these obstacles and enhance the likelihood of them actually coming back and being uh, uh, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens that's shouldering their fair share of the burden that's, that's being an asset to their community? You know, and, 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 and if we want better communities, then we have to understand that the connection there is by removing these obstacles and barriers uh, to reentry that the answer is in reducing the number of people that we're even separating from their families and removing from society and finding alternative 
uh, methods of dealing with people who, say, for instance, may have a substance abuse issue, mm-hmm. you know, or people who may have mental illness, yeah. you know. We, we, we shouldn't be locking folks like that up. No. You know, you rarely see that in other modern countries. Well, it, it reminds me, when you, you use the word obstacle, it reminds me of a, of an NPR story I was listening to. So I'm, I'm originally from Alabama, and I think we maybe talked about this on an episode prior, but uh, in Alabama, in the Black Belt, they uh, got they instituted these voter ID laws, and then uh, they made you have a driver's license, and they got rid of all the DMVs in the Black Belt. And what a, a local representative was saying is, you know, they create an obstacle, and then they create an obstacle to the obstacle. And the whole <laughs> the whole idea of it is, you know, in a place like, you know, Selma, Alabama, is we don't, I mean, they're not saying it out loud, at least they're whispering it if they are, but the whole thing is we don't want black people to vote. We don't want, you know, these communities of... It's not in our long-term of, political interests. Yeah, and it's, so you look at a, at a mass incarceration policy like we have in this country, and yep. the... It, the reason why we're not rehabilitating people is, like you said, because rehabilitated yeah. people, uh, they aren't repeat customers. And Core Civic likes a repeat customer. And it just. Yeah, of it's, course. It's, but don't, 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 don't let us not uh, 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 um, think that that's only one side of the aisle. Yeah, no, absolutely. It happens on both sides. Absolutely. Um, Everybody has uh, an incentive to, quote unquote, be tough on crime. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we and we see that we see these, uh, you know, like some of the strictest uh, uh, criminal justice policies that have really helped populate our, our prisons oh, came yeah. under presidents that were Democrats. Yep. Absolutely, yeah, the super predator you know? thing yep. in '92. Yep. Yeah. So, Desmond, tell us about some of the work that's still to be done in Florida. I mean, you've had this massive victory, but I assume the the work's only done for in part. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, and I tell people that winning. Uh, Amendment 4 uh, was not the end of a long journey, but rather as the beginning of a new beginning. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and, and, and what, you know, from what I've seen throughout the, with this country, um, uh, having the right to vote is one thing. Uh, being registered to vote is another thing. Mm-hmm. And actually voting is something else. Sure. You know? um, and so this victory uh, will be hollow if, we don't have people who are registered and engaged and we're excited um because i i you know i do believe that this is a special moment in florida uh uh, where we have an opportunity to to impact the rest of the country um in that we have a situation where uh people who have been shut out of the system for so long now have the right to vote back and there i believe is the best messages to everyone else about the how voting the right to vote is something that should be treasured mm-hmm. right and honored and the best way to honor it is by actually exercising that right to vote absolutely right and we want to make voting exciting again we want to make civic engagement something that that is talked about at the dinner table in the bedroom you know the knowing that there is a civic duty there is a responsibility as an american citizen to not only be registered to vote, but to make sure that your voice is heard. Absolutely. And to turn out to these polls and vote for the candidate of your choice and for the issue that you believe in, you know. Yeah. Um, whether it be one way or another, uh, the fact remains is that we just want you to vote, right? Yeah. Well said. And we think that the more people involved in our democracy, the more vibrant it becomes. And if it becomes vibrant, it's good for everyone. That's yeah. the exact message that everybody preaches here in Hawaii, but we're we're having trouble with the with the same thing. We we can't get voters to turn out. So if what do you what are you guys doing at Florida RRC um, to increase voter turnout? Is there do you have any any tips for anybody who may be listening? Any community organizers or activists yeah. who may be listening on how to actually get people to turn out? Well, one of the things that we that we uh, believe and uh, discovered and 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 we are uh, somewhat married to is this thought process that the best people to turn people out are those that are closest to them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you could tell, you know, you could get on the uh, on the airways and tell folks to come out to vote, but if someone that they love is actually compelling them to do so, I think 
they have a different different response there. Yeah. You know, um, and and we were able to to show that, um, and that's why I said that's how that's why I love one today because, you know, we had returning citizens and volunteers all over the state that was talking to their family members and friends and neighbors, you know, and saying, listen, I need you to vote for me. I need you to vote on my behalf. I need you to vote so I can have a second chance. And and they showed up. They showed up for, like I said, more people voted for second chances than for a candidate. Yeah. And so they have to say that where there's a personal connection, there's an increased likelihood of a person participating. And so if, if someone wants to turn out a community, then what they should do is engage people within that community to lead the efforts to turn out that community. That's excellent. Well said. Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the coverage and the press you've received. We, you know, we, we read your Time 100 blurb from uh, the rightful, hopefully, future governor of Georgia at the end. Just uh, Sorry, not to make it partisan or anything. Um, what has this sort of uh, attention, <laughs> the attention, the acclaim, what's this all been like for you on a personal level? Is it, is it I imagine it's surreal, beyond surreal. Well, <laughs> I don't know about the at- attention yet. You know, I don't, uh, I couldn't really gauge, you know, uh, what kind of attention I'm getting from that. Uh, well, just yet. wait. Now that you you're know, on the like Blue Hawaii podcast, all bets are off. <laughs> Yeah, hey, right. I know, right. I'm, I'm getting attention from halfway around the world. You know, that's what's up. You know, uh, from my second home in, 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 in on Oahu. So, yeah, I, I guess that's big time there. You know, but let me tell you, that time 100 thing. I loved it. I really did. And let me tell you why I loved it though, right? And, and and I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wish time would have put me on the cover, <laughs> right? They should have put me on the cover, not The Rock or Taylor Swift. <laughs> they should have put me on the cover. And you know why? It, it, it is nothing personal. No, those guys are it's old because, news. Huh? Those guys are old news. Like you're the you're the you're yeah, the hot new thing. <laughs> not only that they're old news, but the thing is is that what, no, what I tell people is that when people see me. Uh, 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 on the cover of Time or see me as Time 100 most influential people in the world, yeah. they get to see themselves. Yeah. Mm. They get to know that anybody, any one of us, have the opportunity to be great. We have. We don't need to be a movie star to be the most influential person in the world. We don't need to be an entertainer to be the most influential people in the world. We don't even have to be an elected official. No. <laughs> Just an ordinary person that is dedicated to making their community a better place, or ordinary person that cares about people in general and that that believes in love. Hell yeah. You know, and, and, and if a guy who was homeless and hooked on drugs and, and suicidal can be a Times 100, then that means that you can, mm-hmm. you know? And it gives people hope that, man, that they are special, you know, and, and like I say, they could be a hero. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Be an icon. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why, because I think that so many of us in society believe that, you know, especially with what's going on, think that there's nothing that we can do about it. And that's another reason why some people don't show up to vote, because they're like, oh, I'm, I can't make a difference. My one vote don't mean nothing. That's you what know? I hear all the time and in Hawaii. All the time. Yeah. And, but it does, it does. And you can make a difference. No matter what situation you are in your life or or, or, or what you face, you know, because if this homeless guy can make a difference that is felt around the world, right, then anybody can. Mm. Anybody can. And that's why I was hoping that time would, would have had my picture up there, not for not my personal reason, but to highlight the fact that anybody can be great. That's Wow. The best answer you could have ever given. <laughs> uh, who is your favorite fellow Time One Hundred person? Yeah, like oh, I'm out. I share. I get to share the list. With, yeah, is there any, yeah. yeah, anybody you're like, oh. Let yeah. me tell you. So I was stuck between Michelle Obama and Taylor Swift. Not bad. Right. Not bad. <laughs> I know who wins that one for me. Yeah. Well, who who you think wins it? Well, Michelle Obama, man. <laughs> Anti Michelle, of course. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, listen, I have a daughter at home. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh so you get the best of both worlds, so, then. Yeah, and, and, and then there's that guy um, that does the um, the gaming. Uh, man, I cannot remember his name. Uh, man, I want to say it's, it's Ninja. 
Yeah. Oh, like PC gaming. Like computer yeah. gaming. Oh. Everybody <laughs> loves Ninja. Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, I'm going to tell you, when I read that list, because we didn't know who was on it until yeah. the issue came out, I was like really floored to be in that company because they had, of course, President Trump was in there. But what I was really marveling at was they had the Pope. Yeah. The Pope was in there. Yeah. You know? You're included um, in a hundred people with the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 in I'm, I'm in some good company yeah, there. You yeah, know? You, man. you the Pope, so, the president. So <laughs> quite yeah, an after party. So, but if I had to choose one, I would say probably Michelle Obama. Fair. Very fair. You know, now, yeah, I would have to, I would say Michelle Obama yeah. on that one. Okay, you don't have to answer this one if you don't want to, but was there anyone you I'll looked at the list? I'll anyhow, because I'm on Blue Hawaii. <laughs> so there's no question that's too difficult. Okay, let's was, do it. Was there anyone you looked at the list, you saw them on the list, you thought, really? Really? Ah, <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, <laughs> so well, I, 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 did, I did do a really with, um, with The Rock. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I know he has some Hawaii ties. He has some Florida ties. That's right, well. McKinley High School. But I did, yeah, I did. A, uh, I did a really with him, <laughs> um, slightly because I'm like he's a movie star. I mean, yeah, you know, when I think of, I mean, influential, you know, I, I was thinking more substantive things. You know, um, maybe if he was a champion of, uh, of, of, you know champion of something that's really controversial like i would see like a lebron james i would have you know say okay sure yeah, yeah. cool you know um but i don't know and saying that he haven't done anything i just don't when i look at uh influencers yeah. i'm thinking of people you know that uh have done something to impact the lives the livelihoods of the masses yeah you know fair. yeah um whether it's in a bad way or a good way um you know, and so, you know, yeah, I, I just didn't see that in the rock. Okay. That's okay. fair. We're gonna we're gonna tag him and lay down this challenge, and maybe we can we can oh, get him geez. we can get him to respond. That's and... a big guy, man. That's me, man. <laughs> I got some good. Yeah. <laughs> I might need him in the future. Maybe you know. <laughs> yeah. You guys would be a good. You guys would be a good tag team. You know. Yeah, you know, I I used to wrestle too, so okay, hey. you know. You know, maybe he can. Uh, we could, we could be a tag team match at WWE. <laughs> uh, one of the tag team matches. <laughs> so, Desmond, if, if somebody's listening to this and they think, you know, this is the kind of thing I want to support. This yeah. is the kind of thing I want to get involved with. Hawaii in Hawaii, we're fortunate in that uh, we we do like uh, felons felons can register to vote once they've served their time in Hawaii. But, you know, listeners in other states, they may think, well, this is something we got to do. Yeah, so how, how do people get involved with Florida RRC? How can they support yeah. you guys? What can they do to help? So, so here's the thing, right? So I, I got to say this, because more than anything else, I think it's beyond, the work that we're doing is beyond just FRC. Yeah. I'm going to tell you straight up that one of the things that we have to do, and, and, and I'm challenging you guys, okay. you know, that um, remember we talked about carrying carrying around that scarlet leather yeah. chain, yeah, right. So we don't call people felons anymore, right? Okay, yeah. You know, what we call them in Florida, what we call them are returning citizens. Returning citizens. You know, citizens who may have made mistakes in the past were returning back to their community. Yeah, yeah. Returning citizens. We want to humanize folks a little bit more. You know, when we just say felon, all we think about is that that person did something bad. Mm. Right? That's exactly uh, that's right, a good point. and not that's saying a, that somebody's brother, somebody's son, yeah, or daughter, or grandson, you know. And one of the things that we that 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 I would ask folks, you know, how you help is by first really trying to uh, really look at us differently, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at me; I'm, I'm time one hundred. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's 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 my surname now. I'm not spelling anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, no, but if people want to really help our efforts in Florida, um, because what happens in Florida will have an impact on Hawaii. Yep, sure. I can tell you that now. Yep. Um, that they can always uh, go to our website, and it's floridarrc.com. Um, dot org, isn't www.floridarrc.com. Or they can do dot org, too, as well. Oh, okay. Um, and there are many ways that they can help. Um, they could... Uh, donate to help the organization uh we're going to be launching uh, 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 a donation page 
specifically to help people pay fines and fees so they'll be able to complete their sentence. That's awesome. Uh, Very cool. That's coming in in, a, uh, in another week or so. Uh, and we're looking to get some uh, celebrity endorsements to help promote that too as well. Um, and you know, like people like John Legend, who's been very supportive of our efforts, uh, uh, we want to get people like them, uh, like him, involved uh, to really just drum up that type of, of massive support. So folks can um, donate there if they have family members or friends in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can uh, get the family members and friends to connect with us. They can a volunteer uh, to help us register people to vote. You know, um, and, 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 and I think that the, probably the most important thing uh, to me is that they can have conversations, start to know, see what we're doing on our page and have conversations with their family and friends because until we shift our uh, 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 narrative until we shift how we view people who've made mistakes, it's going to be extremely difficult to really advance the common sense policies that we know will make this, uh, our communities a better and safer community. Right on. Okay, Desmond, uh, last two questions for you. This is something we ask. I bet you have three. Go ahead. It'll probably, it'll <laughs> probably end up, you know, two, four, six, eight, you know, uh, so you, you mentioned you mentioned you're in Orlando now. If any of our listeners happen to be passing through Orlando, you know, going to Disney World, that's, Disney where, I, World, that's where I honeymooned, or going to going to see uh, the Orlando Magic, or you know, uh-huh. any of, uh, where and should they have any free time on their hands? Could they come and volunteer at all? Where, they or better, if they're, if they're, or if, if they're heading to Florida to volunteer for FRRC. If they're they listening to this, they better volunteer. Yeah. Where sh- where should folks in Florida go to eat? In Orlando, in Orlando specifically. specifically. They go to our website. We have all the locations of our chapters throughout the state of Florida, uh, and we have the, our main office is in Orlando. If if you've never known anybody famous and you want to say that you know one of the 100 most influential people in the world, yeah. you can come by and take a picture with me. Do you charge you for know, selfies? We put you to work. You don't charge we don't for put selfies. You to work for right? about an hour or so. Okay, but you got to earn it. Yeah, yeah, okay, you got to earn it. You got to maybe make some phone calls for us uh do some phone banking could be worse or you might go out with one of our teams to canvas community and register people to vote okay and where uh, should and where should they go to lunch after that or dinner ah that's a good question well you know we got pete's barbecue pete's famous barbecue okay uh and um oh i'm uh to be honest with you i'm one of those uh texas to brazil Oh, oh yeah, on steakhouse type of guys. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a serious media. We don't have zippies. You know, uh, 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 um, man. Let me tell you, I miss that zip pack, man. man people <laughs> you know, freaking love guys, zippies. No, my man, my you man. You all should send me one of those zip packs, like next day care, or something. Little care man. package, frozen zip pack. We can do that. I'm, we can look. We can look yeah, into it. I'll get in. I'll get in touch with your bad. assistant. Yeah. Oh my God, I missed that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was man. Listen, there's nothing better than a zip pack. I tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, we got we got one more question yeah. that we ask everybody. So, imagine that you are you know shipwrecked, desert island. You get to take uh-huh. with you though one book, one album, and one movie. What are you taking? One book. One album, but this, all right. But I gotta have a DVD player too, there, right? You're gonna, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> for some reason, so, the scenario, the scenario okay. is strange. Somehow there's a full working yeah. movie projector with yeah. a with a big okay. with a big screen. <laughs> yeah, you know, weird things happen. There's also don't a, question the hype. There's a CD. There's a CD player on the island too. I don't know. Yeah, right. Don't one worry about book, it. One album, one movie. Yeah. What would I take? Shoot. Okay. For that one book, you know, I'd, I'd probably take the Bible. Okay. That's a good choice. Okay. Okay. For that one album, right? Man, I want to say Grover Washington Jr. Wine Light album. Mm, I like it. Okay. Funky. And for the one movie, oh, man, you know, so it's. You know what movie I would take? What's that? Crying song. Oh, Ooh. you spend a lot of time on the island just yeah. crying. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Just crying every day on the island watching Brian's song. Yeah. 
<laughs> Listen, Brian, yes. You know, let me tell you, the thing about Brian's song that I like so much, especially in the era that it was made and yeah. it was depicted, the fact, man, that, man, at the end of the day, man, when we really cut through all of the BS, you know, it doesn't matter who you look like. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter about the color of your skin. You know, what matters most, man, is that you're a human being. Yep. You amen. know? Amen. And that how we can, you know, Brian's song showed that, that we were, two people were able to cut through all of the, the labels that society put on us, man, and connect in such a special, profound way. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and where there was love there between these two characters. Between these two men, I mean, I'm talking about real love, yep. you know, that, that, that overlooked all that other stuff, man. And and that's what we need more of, man. And, and that's that hopeful stuff, man. Yeah. You know, that we don't have to agree on everything, man. You know, we really don't uh, yeah. uh, um, to to be together. You know, my wife and I don't agree on everything, you know. She's an <laughs> Eagles fan, you know. And, oh. And, oh, man, sorry. Well, some things, some yeah, things are unforgivable. Me, I used to be. I used to be a Cowboy fan, but I had to denounce all of my teams. I was a Cowboy and a Dolphin fan, and I had to denounce my teams to marry my wife, <laughs> right? That was a condition that the family put on me, and I loved it enough to do it. But, you know, just like, you know, Alabama, you have households that's half Alabama, half Auburn, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, don't they love each other? Well, except you know, for one except day a year. One day in November. There's one day a year they don't love each other. Yeah, one day they don't. <laughs> but every other time they love each other. Yeah. And and so that's what Brian's song represents to me right about on. what this country needs more of. Yeah. Right? People who and the world. Not along just the lines the, of humanity. The whole world needs it. Yeah. And, and listen, that's what we're pushing, man. FRRC, myself. You know, maybe maybe a year from now they're going to call me the love doctor. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> or the love activist. But I do believe that love can win the day. Hate cannot drive our hate. Fear cannot drive our fear. What defeats those are, is love. Amen. Right? And we need more of that in our country. Amen. I think that's the exact right message to, to end on. Uh, Desmond, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a tremendous honor, a tremendous it's, joy it's to talk pleasure, to you. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm looking for my zip pack. Look, man, I'm, 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 I'm going to get with your assistant. My stomach is jumping right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zippies, if you're listening, please consider sponsoring That's FRC right. and the Blue White right. Podcast. Yeah, well, I'll see. I'll, we'll try to reach out to Zippies Corporate and see if we can't get them to hook you up. I figure if a Time 100 is repping Zippies, they're gonna be uh they're yeah. gonna be all over it. Hundred most influential oh, will, fast food yeah, joints in Hawaii. I rep them all the way, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to run into anything like a zip pack. All right, well, Zippies, you heard it here yep. first, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Desmond right. Mead, thank you so much, Desmond. Uh, thank you to the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition keep for the up, work that y'all are doing. Keep it up, keep up the amazing work, and, and we hope to talk uh, to you again I soon. That. All right, yeah. All right, thanks, Desmond. Have a great one. Thanks, all right, bye bye. All right, aloha. Bye bye.